welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. The, the subject of my message today is preparing for abundance. Because God wants to bring you into abundance. And I know for some people this will offend you. And I, I just want to say in the nicest way possible, get over it. Um, <laughs> Get over it, because God does want you to live an abundant life. And Jesus said, um, I have come that you might have life and have it more, uh, have it to the full. Or another translation says, have it abundantly. There's an abundant level of life that God has for you. And God wants that for you. He wants it for your family. He wants it for nations. He wants it for the world. And uh, consistently what God is wanting to do is move the world closer to what his kingdom looked like. And his kingdom is a kingdom of abundance. When, when, when you go to heaven one day, you're not going to arrive at the pearly, uh, pearly gates and, and see shanty towns and shacks of the people who only just made it. You, 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 the, there's going to be some things we're going to notice in heaven. We're going to notice the absence of hospitals in heaven. There's going to be no hospitals in heaven because there's going to be no sickness in heaven. There will be no need. Um, so, you know, there's just some things that are, that are really amazing. And Jesus told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So heaven is our standard and our benchmark. And we are, we are called to be uh, vessels of the kingdom to bring more of that reality into this reality. Amen. Now, for many of us, if you're anything like me, we, we realize that, man, where I am now is way below what that is. Amen? Yeah. And, um, you know, and I know that um, a lot of people who I pray for don't get healed. Um, a lot of people who I pray for don't get the breakthrough that they, they're seeking. But this I also know, a lot of people do get healed, and a lot of people are getting the breakthrough, and more and more are getting healed, and more and more are getting breakthrough. So my goal is literally to close the gap, to, to make it smaller, to, to diminish that, more of your kingdom day by day, uh, Lord. My goal is not to come up with a theology to explain the gap between his, uh, Jesus got everyone healed, and I get some people healed. See, what many people do, they want to come up with a theology to legitimize the gap between where Jesus lived and where we live. And so, no, no, that, that's good. We, we want it uh, like it. No, no, <laughs> Jesus actually, he was excited to see a day when we would move in more than he moves in. That's amazing. That's extraordinary. So, I mean, some of the testimonies we've been getting from around the world, uh, a friend of mine, um, Pastor Augustine in, in, in Gabon, he texted me today. He said, oh, praise the Lord. We saw an amazing miracle this week. He's an amazing guy, by the way. I, I mean, if you want to see the kingdom come, you've got to go to Gabon to this, to this church. Me and Flynn went and um, went there a couple of years ago, and he's experiencing ex extraordinary signs, wonders, miracles. So he texts me um, this week. And he says, we saw an amazing miracle. A mother and a daughter came forward for prayer. And they prayed for the daughter. And while mom was standing next to her, mom hadn't even come up for prayer. She suddenly felt something in her, in her womb and ran to the bathroom to find out that she'd started her period. Which was quite strange, seeing as she'd had an operation to have her womb removed. <laughs> 
And so she experienced a creative miracle just standing next to her, her daughter who is getting prayer. And she hadn't even asked for it. And so she actually went back to the gynecologist who did the operation to remove her womb. And the, the, the gynecologist confirmed, uh, you, you have, you've got a new womb. got a brand new womb, which you didn't ask for. I mean, I mean Jesus is amazing. Eh? Amen? So there's, there's these things happening that, that are out there in the world. And more is happening all the time. Um, there, there are signs and wonders and miracles that are happening pretty much um, regularly, if not commonly around the world that honestly 10 years ago I didn't dream about you know um, 10 years ago um, the idea of metal disappearing from people's bodies etc was I hadn't even heard of that miracle and now we hear it pretty much all the time and you see I believe that the Holy Spirit is on a mission in our time to bring us into more of an awareness of the abundant kingdom life that is available, not to some people, but to all people in the kingdom. You see, when Jesus came, he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom is more than the gospel of salvation. You see, what we've, what we've preached is we've preached the gospel of salvation where we've said, listen, trust in Jesus and your sins will be forgiven. And when your sins are forgiven, one day... You will go to heaven. And so what we've unconsciously done is we've preached that heaven is a destination that we are going to. But in actual fact, Jesus didn't come preaching the gospel of salvation. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And the message was basically this. There is another kingdom. And there is another reality. And you are invited to begin now to live in another reality that has a different set of laws, a different set of principles, a different way of operating. And you are invited to become part of this kingdom. There is an impediment to entry into that kingdom. It is sin. But I will take care of that problem. I will deal with that. You see, sin is not the message. It is the problem. And, God, and Jesus has dealt with that at the cross. Amen. And so what God is doing with us is to, to bring us into this place where we have a greater awareness of the, uh, the kingdom of God. And uh, in Matthew 13, verse 12, the scripture's just really been um, impacting me lately. And Jesus, um, when he had finished um, telling the parable of the sower, he um, he interpreted the scripture. I was just kind of hitting a glory, glory, um, um, sinking sand patch there. But it says, it says, for whoever has to him will be given, and he will have an abundance. And whoever. <laughs> Ah, this is just for extra emphasis. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. You, you see, the, the, the invitation is, is to live in this realm of abundance. You, you see, when you become aware, when you, you grow in awareness of his kingdom, you are invited to, to a place of more. You see, when you have an awareness of that kingdom, you will be given more and you will step into that kingdom of abundance. But when you do not 
have, when you live unaware of what is available to you, of that abundant kingdom, when you live unaware, when you do not have revelation of this, you are, uh, you are susceptible to be plundered. You're susceptible to be plundered. And the enemy will take even what you do have, he will take from you. And you see, Holy Spirit doesn't want that for our lives. You know, um, in the kingdom of God and in the word of God, we are often invited to, to, cho- uh, to choices. There's often a dichotomy between things. You know, um, as the Israelites went through the desert, God uh, said to them, um, I set before you life and death. You choose. And he even gives a hint. He says, choose life. <laughs> I, I love that. I set before you life and death. Just in case you're too stupid to know the answer, this is an open book question. Choose life. It's scary. Some guy said, no, I'm going to take death. Thank you, I'll take death. All right. Then um, <laughs> Siri kicked on there for some reason. Um, we, we get to choose between truth and lies and idolatry. We get to choose to live in the spirit or to live according to the flesh. But one of the greatest choices is which kingdom are you going to live away of? The kingdom of God or the kingdoms of this world? Because whatever reality you are most aware of, that is the reality that's going to shape your life and your living. And so the invitation of the gospel is not an invitation. Thank you. The invitation of the gospel is not an invitation to go to heaven. But it's an invitation to have heaven come to you and through you. That's amazing. So you, you literally are invited to become a gateway of, the, uh, of heaven. That heaven can flow through you. The realities of that realm and that world can flow through you. That wherever you go, people can get to feel, taste, touch, and experience heaven. Wow. How do I know that? Well, you know, there's a couple of places in the, in the scripture where we're given strong hints about that. For example, Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You will notice the prayer is not, we will come to your kingdom. It's your kingdom come. And it's on earth as it is in heaven. I, I mean, we sometimes, sometimes we lose the force of a sentence because it's so common. We've prayed it so often. But it's extraordinary, this prayer, this idea of that heaven is going to come on earth as it is. That God's kingdom is going to come on earth as it is in heaven. Just dwell on that for a moment in, in terms of the picture I painted of heaven a little bit earlier. No sickness, no poverty, no disease, no injustice, no hatred. A a realm that's full of righteousness, peace, and joy. We're told that in the last days, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. It's amazing. You know, if you go down to the beach and you look at how the waters cover the sea... It's quite expansive. Literally, you know, wherever there's, there's sea, there's water. 
It's just, it's, it's a very deep revelation, actually. <laughs> However the waters cover the sea, that's where... So, like, it's like saying, man, you know, I was in this part of the ocean where there was no water. That <laughs> you weren't in the ocean. No, there, no, I was, but there was no water there. No, you were not in the ocean. So, there is coming a time when the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth... Where the idea that these people don't know the glory of the Lord will be as incomprehensible and inconceivable as someone saying, man, I was in the ocean, but there was no water. You see, that sentence makes no sense. And there's coming a time on the earth when people will not only know of God, but they will know of His glory. They will know of His nature. They will know what He's like. And how that's going to happen is as the body of Christ come to the fullness and the maturity that the Holy Spirit is bringing her to, where we live so aware of His kingdom, His presence, His power, His character, and His nature, that we display it everywhere we go. That miracles are normal around us. That miracles happen wherever we go. That when people get sick, their first thing is, do you know a Christian? <laughs> wow. So it's so important for, for God's children to know three things. The first thing is we have to know the purpose of the gospel. The purpose of the gospel is your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's more than salvation. Salvation is just the doorway. But, but the purpose of the gospel, it's, it's, throughout the Bible, it's the, the gospel of the kingdom. And, and that means that where we go, the world gets better. Where we go, the world is meant to get better. It's meant to be full, uh, full of peace more. You know, I, I love it. You know, I, have, I met, uh, no, no, I'll tell you another story a little bit later. It's part of my message. But just remember this. We're meant to make the world better, more beautiful, safer, more just, more kind, more like God. Second, secondly, the second thing is we've got to know is the nature of the kingdom. You've got to know the nature of the kingdom, otherwise you can't bring it. You've got to know what it's like. If you, if you don't know that our God is an abundant God, you won't believe for the abundance that God has for you. You see, for so many years, we were taught that our God is the God of just enough. God will meet your needs, but not your greeds. That's how we put it. And, and um, you know, the difficulty was like, you know, and, you know, there's truth in that statement. But who gets to classify what's a need and what's a greed? <laughs> Because I, I know I would always dumb it down. I would always dumb it down, dumb it down, dumb it down. So, and, and I was literally, most of my Christian life, I was just praying for just enough, just enough. When we first went into ministry, my wife and I, uh, we, we planted a church in Grahamstown 26 years ago. And I was 22, she was 20. And um, we got by. I mean, we had some amazing, amazing miracles. And, um, you, you know, literally, I remember how God would teach us during that time. But a couple of years in, we met friends of ours who went out to church plant in, uh, in Austria at the same time as us. And um, they told us how they went church planting because we were just trusting God for our needs and we got by. And, and they said, you know, we just started praying. And, and before we left, we asked the Lord for a fully furnished flat. 
and we asked them for a car, and, we, and, and they had this list of things, and, and they got them. And I can remember Debbie and I looking at each other going, is that legal? <laughs> you can do that? All those days running up and down the street, selling sandwiches. That's crazy. And, and, and Debbie looked at me and said, next time we church planting, we're doing it differently. I'm like, amen, baby. We, 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 we're not going to believe for half full or just, you know, I, we, we want overflowing too. And, and you know, the, the thing is, when you don't have an expectation of something, you can't believe for it. And so what is the nature of, of the king? What, what's God's heart towards you? What's God's heart towards your family? You know, and if you want to gauge it, sometimes we struggle to believe for ourselves. But anyone who's a parent, when you look at your child, are you looking at them saying, I want you to be a little bit successful? You know, I'm believing for just enough for you. I I don't want you to get proud. Hey, no. If you're a father or you're a mother, you're like, man, go out, conquer the world. You got your instructions. Conquer the world. Come on, make it big, do whatever. That's what I'm believing for. That's what I'm hoping for. Man, if, you, if, you, if your kid comes back and says, man, I did this, it was awesome. You're like, how many of you go, you know, I wish you'd done about half of that. That's, you know, I, I'm just so disappointed that you were so successful. <sighs> Listen, that, that 98 on that test, it's just a bit too much. You know, you, you're just showing off. Next time, just aim for 50. But, but somehow, we kind of put that into our Father, into God, you know? You know, God's looking. He made you for a purpose, and He wants you to live a life more abundant. It's a, it's a kingdom that's full of healing, full of abundance, full of righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, that, that includes things like justice. You know, God's got such a heart for justice in nations. To, to eradicate poverty, to bring reconciliation, to, to, to bring nations um, that, that will flourish. And we the, we the people who are called to believe for that. But the thing is, is how does the kingdom come in and through us? That's the third thing we've got to know. We've got to understand that. Well... The Lord's really been speaking to me out of Matthew 13 because I believe that, I, I know that for, for, he's been speaking to me personally, but I believe it's a broader word for more people than just me and my family, that there's a season shift changing and uh, that we're moving into a, a springtime season. It's ironic because it doesn't look like spring outside. It did where I was in Europe. It was spring everywhere we went. It was amazing. But, you know, in springtime, it's a time of sowing. So I've been reading the parable of the sower over and over again, and the Lord's just really been ministering to me deeply. And uh, I'm just going to give you the summary of the parable of the sower and the interpretation, because if I try to read it, I'm going to end up in a puddle on the floor, and that will be the end of that. But from the beginning, God has always brought the kingdom through the agency of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together. So in Genesis chapter 1, we see... Um, God is, uh, uh, the Spirit of God is hovering. So we see the Spirit of God there. Then we say, and God said, so we see Father God said, 
And so you see the action of the word release. So you see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together working to release and to bring God's kingdom and order onto a darkened planet. And that basic agency of how the kingdom come is consistent right the way through, uh, through the scriptures. So you'll see it again in Isaiah 59, where God says, I have put my spirit on you, and I've put my word on your mouth. And then he goes on and says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And you see, God causes his spirit to rest on your life. Right now, like in Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit is hovering over your life. He's, he's hovering, resting on you, just, just waiting for the word to be sown into your life. And God said, and you know, some of that sowing, an important part of that sowing is you get into the word of God, get into the Bible, and you just, under the agency of the Holy Spirit, you read the word. You read the word, and you begin to think like he thinks. You begin to see the world through his uh, lenses. You, you study the life of Jesus and look at how he is. You see his personality, how he deals with people. You listen to his words and allow that word to get in and penetrate you. But then there's also another word, the spoken word of God. The prophetic words that God releases into your life. And you see, what happens is, is those words get released into our heart. now, And we begin to get a specific promises for our life. But when that happens, what's happening is you are encountering God, an opportunity to step into the fullness of what God has for you. But there's four different responses to that word, three of which will not bring you into the fullness of the inheritance that God, uh, that God has for you. So the, the parable of the sower, you'll remember it. It says the seed is the good news or the word of the kingdom of God. You see, it's amazing when you hear stories about the kingdom of God. You see, every time you're hearing a testimony of someone getting healed. I mean, isn't that amazing? A woman just gets a brand new womb. I mean, how many of you, your brain, I mean, a part of your brain just goes, Come. I mean, I'm going, when I heard that testimony, I was like, wow, I wonder if she wanted that. Uh, you know, she was like, oh, man, really? Periods again? I thought that was done. You know, I mean, just, I, I'm not a lady, but I, I mean, I'm, I know a lot of ladies who are like, oh, man, this is such a pain. Am I right, girls? I kind of wondered, did she ask for it, you know? I, I heard it, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't want to have any more kids. I'm just, just saying, I love my kids, but I, I'm ready for the grandpa game. I don't want to go back to nappies, you know? So don't heal me. I, I, I had that up on purpose. So. <laughs> just saying. Okay, I'm not going to be more precise, but hey, Jesus, that factory is closed, and I want it to stay closed, you know? <laughs> Yeah, my, my son's just loving this. He's, he's like, why did I even come? <laughs> but, but at the same time, you realize that there is a dimension of miracles that's extraordinary. And you see, when you hear that word, it can either penetrate your heart and you can open your heart to say, wow, creative miracles that you're not even looking for are possible. We had, we had a woman in, uh, uh, in the Netherlands she came up and she came for prayer. No one even, uh, no one even actually knew what she was uh, needing. And uh, after the prayer service, I'm sitting on the front steps and she sits down next to me and she goes, oh, my head is so quiet. 
I'm like, really? Uh, what does that mean? You know? She says, you don't understand. I, I suffer from ADHD, and for the first time in my life, my head's quiet. My head's totally quiet. And she's like, this is just so weird. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. She said, no, this is, this is amazing. She'd never had her head just go quiet and still. She hadn't come up even asking for that. She'd just gone through the fire tunnel. These things are possible. But when someone comes up and prophesies over you and says, I have a plan to prosper you. Plans for good and not for evil. You get a prophetic uh, prophetic word. God is releasing a new season over your life. When that word comes, there are responses that you can have that will cause that word to be fruitful or unfruitful. And you see, the, the, the four soils are, the first, the f- first three are challenges. And the, 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 you have the different soil, the path, the stony soil, crowded soil, and good deep ritual. And, and each brings a different outcome. I see my daughter is playing with my wife's phone. I just got XXDDJJBB. <laughs> Thanks, Misty. I love you, baby. And the interpretation is, God is good. So it's, it's a prophetic word from my daughter. She's, she's texting in tongues. It's amazing. It's, it's powerful. Woo! Yeah, don't your kids text in tongues? Yeah, wow. So and the, the, three, the first challenges are unbelief, superficiality, and distraction. You see, that's what the enemy wants to do to get you from stepping into the fullness of what uh, God has for you. The, the hard soil, Hebrews 3, verse 12. Turn to Hebrews 3, and I'm going to try and read it just because it's fun. Hebrews 3. And I said, verse 12. Hebrews 3, verse 12 says, Therefore... Just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. <laughs> this is how they taught us to read at my school. Um, <laughs> it makes it more exciting. <laughs> for, for until... <laughs> hmm, for until... <laughs> for, uh, hmm. For until, until the, <laughs> for until the law, sin was in the world. But oh gosh, I am not in the right place. I'm still in Romans. Okay, I was thinking, Jesus, this just doesn't look right. What did I say? Romans three. I mean Hebrews three. Hebrews three verse twelve. <laughs> I was thinking, Jesus, this just doesn't look right. <laughs> okay, Hebrews 3 verse 12. Take care, brethren, that there are not any one of you, that in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. While it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoke me. You see, when the word is preached to us, when we hear about his kingdom, when we hear of miracles, when we hear prophetic promises, when we hear it preached to us, there's a moment when we get to respond. 
And you see, for some of us, what we do is we just harden our hearts. We just harden our hearts. Oh, well, that's cool. But, yeah, won't happen to me. Mm. And, you know, if you do that often enough, it's like the Lord's been there so many times. It's like there's a path and your heart is hard. And it's like, I've been there. I've been there, done that, been there so often. And, and your heart becomes hard. And then what happens is when God is, he's coming to you because the sower comes to sow the seed and he's coming to you and he's, and he's giving you what you need for your breakthrough because in the seed is everything you need for the next season. He's giving it to you and you're praying, oh, Lord, I need a breakthrough. And he brings you breakthrough seed and it falls on your heart, but it can't find a place to get into your heart. That's what unbelief looks like. And, and, and you see, unbelief often, it just becomes a habit. It just becomes a habit. And so we have to, I mean, often the Holy Spirit will come to me and to, to my wife, and His word to us is, just believe. Just believe. And we go to each other, and we encourage one another, uh, on a, often with, come on, we've just got to believe. We need to believe. We need to believe God's promises. And sometimes God's promises seem so wild, so unbelievable. And it's in that moment where you stand there and you say, I'm going to believe. For some of you here, the, 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 the message of the kingdom of God, it sounds so extraordinary that there is another reality that you're invited to be part of. And you, you're thinking, well, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to believe, but I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'm, I'm going to believe, you know, maybe when I'm old. I mean, people tell me this, like, you know, I don't, you know I've got a lot to do now. You know, I, I'm kind of like, I'm going to give my life to Jesus when I'm on my deathbed. Well, firstly, how do you know? You know, your deathbed might be sooner than you thought. Okay? Do you want to risk it? But, you know, the problem is often after a lifetime of saying, just hang on, just wait. Just wait. Just hang on, Jesus. And you're hardening your heart. Lord, I'm, I'm going to believe you for what you're calling me to. For some of you, there's a calling of God on your life. And God has spoken to you and says, I've got this for you. And you're saying, yeah, Lord, I, I'm going to do it, but I've got some things that I want to do right now. I, I'm, I'm going to come and serve you one day. But right now, hang on. The problem is, in order to harden, to, to not listen to the Lord's voice, you have to harden your heart a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, until the time comes when he's shouting in your ears and you cannot hear. He's standing in front of you, inviting you to the fullness of what he has for you, and you don't even see him. You don't even notice him because you've become acclimatized and accustomed to shutting down the voice of the Lord. That's what a hardened heart looks like. And then the enemy comes and he scoops up the seed. He scoops up the promises. He scoops up the reality of everything that God has promised for you. And I want to tell you, Jesus never comes to sow bad seed in your field. He only comes to give you the good things that he has for you. He's dreamt about your life. He's, he's excited about you. He, he wants to bring a kingdom reality in and through your life. That's what unbelief looks like and how it operates. Second thing is, is superficiality. You see, for many people, they hear the good news of the kingdom of God and they go, wow, that's awesome. Me too, Jesus. I'm signing up. That's awesome. An abundant life. Count me in. I'm all for that. 
Praise the Lord. The only problem is they don't realize that the Bible says through faith and perseverance, we inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa. I didn't like that perseverance, but Jesus, I kind of want the check in the mail now. Problem is, that scripture says that when trouble or persecution comes, on account of the word, they fall away. Because you see, what happens is, is the, the promises and the, the seed that comes in our life, it attracts challenges. Okay, now that's when we don't like it. What? Hey, you, you didn't tell me that before you prophesied. And, and, and how many, I, I got a prophetic word in Switzerland on the 1st of April. It was so exciting. I loved it. It was like, you know, and basically there were two elements that God was upgrading me to a whole new level. He was upgrading me to a whole new level of financial provision. And the Lord said to me, son, don't even worry about the finances of this trip because you're going to return home with more than enough. I was like, yes, Jesus, that sounds awesome. I went skiing the next day. <laughs> had a skiing accident. <laughs> And I ripped my knee. I mean, I ripped my ACL. I ripped my lateral uh, ligaments. I ripped the meniscus. In fact, the German doctor, when he looked at my, the scan, because they were saying, maybe he's not so bad. Maybe he's not so bad. They did a scan, and then he looks at me and says, Mr. Desmond, you have done a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bud. Yeah. Yeah, I'm committed. If you're going to do a job, do it properly. That's my, my motto. Ended up in, in hospital in Switzerland. You know, Swiss doctors, they are excellent and expensive. <laughs> and my medical aid are refusing to pay. <laughs> ah, that's not so good. What's happening is the word has been sown. And now in that moment comes a challenge to that word. And it, it's like, the <laughs> you know, how many of you watch Ghostbusters? Who are you going to call? In that moment, the word is in your life. And it's like, who are you going to believe, boy? Who are you going to believe? What kingdom are you going to live in? Are you going to live here in this kingdom despite the challenge? Or are you going to go, huh, okay, well, I guess God's kingdom is not good after all. I guess God's not going to provide for me after all. I guess that word was not true after all. Let's find that guy and stone him. Because what you, you want, the, the word comes and it immediately gets tested and it gets challenged. But that test and that challenge, it has a purpose in your life. It is the plowshare of the Lord taking that seed. And if you wasn't, no, 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 that's my word. I'm holding on to that word. I'm believing this word. I'm, the plowshare comes and the hard places, those rocks, those places of unbelief, they get dug up and exposed and rooted out of your life so that the word of the Lord can take deep root in your life and you can have what God has for you. You see, God wants to deliver us from superficial Christianity. Superficial Christianity says, I believe in good times. And in bad times, I moan in bad times. Isn't that true? 
You see, superficiality means existing or occurring only at the surface. How's this scripture? Consider it all joy, my brethren. This is one of those scriptures we really love. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Again, the purpose of God in our life is to bring us to a place where we are perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Wow! Come on! Isn't that awesome? Imagine someone coming to you and saying, Hey, I heard a word from the Lord for you. The Lord says He's got you on this road where you're going to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How many of you would think at first, Wow, that sounds awesome! <laughs> yeah. The first part of that verse is, Whenever you encounter trials and various challenges, ah, ah, is there another road? Is there another road? Well, sadly, no. You see, the thing is, is your faith needs to be tested. You you know why? Because until you've had a lack, you don't know him as a provider. I, I remember when I was at, God started teaching me about his provision when I was at university. I got a new girlfriend, Debbie. And uh, at that stage, my dad used to give me an amazing allowance. I loved it. I, I was the wealthiest student I knew because my, my dad had no clue about the rand. And he, he was sending me pounds. I was like, yes. And anyway, my wife had an understanding. Well, my girlfriend had an understanding of the rand. And she looked at my bank account. And she said, this is crazy. You can live on far less than that. You should take that money and invest it. I was like, huh? Really? Huh? What does that look like? She said, I'll tell you what. Let me do it. Um, I'll, leave you, I'll leave you more than enough, you know. And I'll invest the rest in a six-month fixed-term deposit. So I'm like, wow, that sounds impressive. So we did it. I spent what Debbie had left me to live on for the next six months in, in a week. It was gone. I, I had been used to living high. And suddenly I was broke. And suddenly I had financial challenges. And I had to start believing God for, for money. And I, I remember I didn't even have money to take her for ice cream. I mean, all the basics were covered. I was in res and, you know, I had food and all that. But, man, I, I had no gravy. None. And I remember feeling miserable one day, sitting on, uh, on uh, Debbie's bed, and we prayed. We said, Jesus, I want to take Debbie for frozen yogurt or something nice. Would you just give me 10 bucks? Just 10 bucks, Jesus. And you know what? Frozen yogurt didn't cost 10 bucks. Half an hour later, I walked into my residence, and there's an envelope in the, uh, in the pigeonhole. And I open it up, and inside is a note with 10 rand. And the note says, Dear Nigel, here is 10 rand so that you can take Debbie for frozen yogurt or something nice. Unsigned. I want to tell you, man, I walked back like this like because I was so glum. I took off and flew to Debbie's room after that because I had encountered Jesus as a provider. And we, we, that, that began a voyage of discovery of Jesus as our provider. You see, when God gives you words, those words, you'll often face a test on that word because he's wanting to dig it into your life so that you say, oh, no, I've been here. I know him. He's my provider. He's my, he's my redeemer. He's redeemed me. I know him. He's my strong tower. 
Man, sometimes the Lord is releasing peace in your life. And suddenly you start having panic attacks. Ever, ever had that? You know, Lord's releasing peace. Could somebody else give me some peace, please? Because, man, this one's not working. <laughs> but as you hit that place where you are so fearful, you remember that word and you say, Jesus, you're my peace. And I'm stepping into your peace. And you begin to encounter him as the peace bringer, the depression breaker. And in that place when you when you're facing the fire you begin to encounter him and suddenly it's not just a word in the bible that you know that he is perfect peace but suddenly you encounter him this close to your enemy and he's in the enemy's going Rah! and you're smiling saying hey is that all you got come on try harder Try harder to intimidate me because you're standing in peace you're standing on the rock and you know him as perfect peace. You see, that's the, perf- that's the purpose of trials and challenges. To deliver you from super- superficiality. And then the other thing is distraction. It's the final thing. And you see, what distraction is, is you get the word and you sow it into your life. And you, you, you're really growing in, in God and you're encountering Him. And you, you become aware of that other kingdom. And you see, that one of the reasons why... Holy Spirit manifests himself. One of the reasons why you see Holy Spirit manifest in in various different ways, he manifests in various different ways, is to bring us to an awareness of that other realm. Because you see, he always wants us to live aware of the other realm. The the realm that you are most aware of is the realm that you're going to be living in. Okay? And so, but you see, we start growing, but then... The other things, we start getting worried about the cares of this life. And man, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And what, what ends up happening is we take our focus off of that realm and we get our focus onto this realm. And the more we focus on the challenges, the less we can enter into the fullness of what he has for us. And you see, that, that's what happens. We start worrying about this and that, thinking that our father doesn't know about that. But what's... What do we do about that? So we turn our eyes back to him. Turn our eyes back. To, you know, it, it's such an extraordinary thing. Um, what God can do from that other realm. I, we, Debbie and I, when we were in Holland, this was the story I wanted to tell you. Um, we met a man named Johan van den Noort. I probably mispronounced his name. Johan, if you're watching, I do apologize. But he's an inventor and a creator. He's an artist. He's a, a well-known artist. He's sold thousands of works of art during his lifetime. But he's uh, also an inventor. And um, he's invented multiple different inventions. But one of the things he's famous for is the self-deploying flood barrier. And how that happened was his town was threatened by flooding. And he went to bed and he was lying in his bed and he thought... And, and, and apparently the whole town were going out and making sandbags and making uh, barriers with sandbags. And he said to himself, why are we still doing this? Why are we still fighting floods with sandbags? It's not like we put fires out with buckets of water anymore. There's, there's better ways to do this. And so he was praying, lying in his bed, and the Holy Spirit gave him an idea. Holy Spirit gave him an idea. And he thought, that's amazing. So he went down to his art studio. And in 15 minutes, he sketched out an idea for a, basically a wall 
dug into uh, into a uh, into a trench next to um, uh, the river that had an inlet pipe that when the water came uh, came in the wall was made of um, a kind of polystyrene with re- reinforced with kevlar uh, kevlar kevlar sounds like kevin but you know kevlar and uh, and it was so basically it was lighter than water it floated so when the flood came up this trench filled with water and the wall would pop up Brilliant idea. And they've now deployed them all around the world. It, 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 it's re- uh, received huge awards all around the world. He went to his uh, one that was um, uh, put in Ireland, and he asked the people, how often is this deployed? And the guy said, oh, uh, I think at least 150 times. He's like, wow, that many? Said, yeah, 150 times every year. 150 times every year. So that's 1,500. It's never been maintained. It never needs maintenance. It's just there and it's protected that. And he, he, he writes, he says, his mission from God is to make the world a little safer, a little bit more beautiful, a little bit better. But where did he get that idea from? He got that idea from just lying there in the unseen realm and God popped an idea in his head. Anyway, Fast forward, he invented that in 2001. And uh, after the, the tsunami, uh, the, the Boxing Day tsunami in 2000, and, I think it was 2004, 5, around about there, someone came to him and said, do you think your flood barrier would be helpful for that? And um, he, he said, no, I, I don't think so, but let me give it some thought. So he went away and he thought about it for a couple of, couple of days. And he came back and said, I think I've got an idea. Holy Spirit gave him an idea. This is a guy who's an artist. He's not an engineer. Okay? He's an artist. He's not an engineer. And he's come up with a revolutionary design that has it's the, the, it's received the Edison Award. You can Google it. It's called the Gull Wing Tsunami um, Barrier. And basically what this thing is, is it's two, um, two walls that lie in the, uh, in the, uh, on the seabed in normal times. But where the tsunami, the waves go out like this, and the water rushing out causes the thing to pop up. It pops up like, uh, like this and stops the water going out so it doesn't add to it. And then when the water starts coming in, the other uh, one pops up and it's even bigger. And that's got a curve at the top so the water comes in and it gets pushed out to sea. And it's self-deploying. It's, uh, it's latent. It doesn't need, uh, doesn't need power. It can just uh, lie there. It's no problem to shipping. And you know where he found it? He found it in the unseen realm. He found it in the uh, 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 unseen realm. He came up with a creative idea. You see, which world are you going to live most conscious of? Because there is a world of abundant ideas. There is no problem that God hasn't got a solution for. There is no problem on earth that God does not have a solution for. And he's looking for you and I, for the people of this world, to to reach into that realm and say, yes, Lord. And the final thing is deep faith. And it produces the fruit of the kingdom. See, I, I, I dream about a world that's more just, more free, more beautiful, that there's, there's no hunger anymore. Where, where because... The, the world starts to prosper because of kingdom ideas, that warfare becomes unnecessary because actually warfare is damaging to economies and livelihoods. Do you know that? One of the best ways we could eradicate war is to cause the world to prosper. 
You, you know, you don't have to go and steal someone else's land if, if you're doing okay. Amen? Justice, peace, prosperity, healing, where the kingdom is manifested. And you see, that is what, the, what we call to, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is. In. I, I'm dreaming about a, a, a world where the presence of God manifests over entire cities. To begin with. We'll go with nations later. But let's just begin with cities. Let, we'll start small and work up. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you love to see that? The, the, the presence of God. How many of you have walked into a service where you immediately, the moment you walk in, you can feel God's presence? Yeah? Now, I want you to just expand that. Imagine driving into a neighborhood. As you drive into that neighborhood, you go, whoa, wow. Man, it's, man people are soaking and receiving in this neighborhood. Now, just expand that to a city. Airplanes coming into land. Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming into land. Please put on your seatbelts because people are known to fall out of their seats when they fly into Cape Town. <laughs> if someone starts manifesting demons next to you, do not be alarmed. Our flight attendants are all trained in, uh, in deliverance. And we'll do a sozo and get them delivered before we get you to the baggage handling. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are suffering any pain in your body at this time, it would be a good time to check it out because we have been known for people to be completely healed. If granny is deaf, this is the time to stop whispering and gossiping about her because she will be able to hear you by the time we've finished taxiing the plane. I know it sounds funny, but do you know that's possible? Do you know that God is dreaming about the glory of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea? That's what the kingdom is. That's what we call to believe for. Amen? Let's pray. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Nigel Desmond. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.